one person takes a shot but doesn't swallow it and then spits it in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yep. So I I what? learned what baby are. Did you do this? I, I had to be part of the group, so that's my. I'll go first. <laughs> I only have a four-day work week. I'm in. It'll probably be a three-day. It'll probably be a three-day work week. <laughs> Perfect. Required though, one day a week, running or skiing or mountain biking or something. So it's three days of work, one day of adventure, three-day weekends. Okay, done. Can I get in on this? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Let's see mind. what we do here. All right. So we are live on YouTube, OTR Live with Karen Clark. This is something we started a few months ago. We'll go live a couple times a month. The episode will then drop on our RSS feed about a week and a half later on a Thursday, by the way, only and always Thursdays. And that Mm -hmm. could always change. But we were with Karen, a friend of the pod. Karen, (laughs) how are you? You got so you landed this morning at 1 a.m. I landed around 1215. I was home by about 1 a.m. Oh, so you landed in Manchester then. I did. Isn't that that just like a beautiful, awesome, epic airport? It is. I almost didn't make it though. <laughs> I had to spread oh, no. through Charlotte Airport and they were closing the doors as I got there. So made it. My bags did not, but they were delivered tonight. So delivered to your door <laughs> or did you have to go get them? Okay. Oh, <laughs> they were delivered to my door. Oh, that is awesome. I had to wow. go pick it up at the airport once. Oh no. They offered to deliver them right to my door. Easiest way to get bags home, actually. That's great. So you were <laughs> As long as you needed nothing out of them. (laughs) You were flying home, though, from Colorado. And what was in Colorado? The Trans Rockies Run was in Colorado. So I've been there for the last, well, I've been in Colorado for the last nine days. Uh, I got there a couple days early, and then we ran for six days, and then travel day on the 7th. That is so exciting, Karen. I I saw some pictures between you and your friends, and I was just in awe. It looked absolutely gorgeous out there. It really is. And amazing course, amazing crew. The whole production was absolutely phenomenal. Pretty much from the start, I got there. I spent a couple nights in Airbnbs. And then the night before the race, I camped with the crew which you can add on camping before the event. So they have a crew of about 150 people, volunteers, um, that pretty much do everything. They set up your tents, they get dinner prepared, they have the finish line prepared, and they move it in between stages. So these 150 people pretty much are working the entire week. And I got to start meeting them the day before the race. That's exciting. Tell everybody what the Trans Rockies race is for us. Can you tell us? It, it, not everyone listened to the Ryan Van Duzer episode where he might have talked about it because he's done this race too. He even put it all out on YouTube and it was an epic YouTube series. And you were really excited. I think you watched the series and you got even more amped up for this event. So tell us about the event, like what the event yeah, is. So the event is a six day stage run. So over the course of six days, you go from Buena Vista. Una Vista to Beaver Creek in Colorado. 
And the stages start at different points along the course. So the first day is a loop around Buena Vista. Then you move through the Rockies as you go, ultimately ending up in Beaver Creek, camping out at night. So each day was anywhere from about 13 and a half miles to 25 was our longest day. And usually that was taking me anywhere from four hours to six and a half hours to finish the running on the day. Um, But everything else was taken care of. So they put up your tents, they moved all of our luggage. And ultimately, all I had to worry about all week was just waking up, eating and getting out there and running or hiking. Did you have to bring your own food? No. So they fully catered the event. It is something they always had finish line snacks. So peanut butter and jelly, kind of your normal aid station Mm -hmm. offerings. Lunch wasn't included. So if you wanted something more than that for lunch, then you could go into town or depending on where we were at, there were various options for lunch. But that was really the only meal that we ever had to pay for. And everything else, including beer at the finish line, was all included. Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. Sounds like some good perks. I I think I would pay a little bit extra to have them set up my tent and all that. Because that's the hard stuff. Like, yes, it's hard to do the run. But, like, nobody's going to want to set up a tent afterwards and (laughs) cook food. And so they made it easy. They made it really easy. This was my first stage race. So it was a really good introduction. A lot of miles. Um, but they went above and beyond. There were shower trucks at the finish as well. So we could take hot showers Uh on occasion. They were better than others, but, um, but (laughs) the race director Huda is absolutely amazing. And his number one priority is making sure that the runners are having a good time. And he says that to his volunteers on at least a daily basis, probably more frequently. So, (laughs) Real quick to let you guys know, so the Trans Rockies, it's a six-day, 120-mile race with over 20,000 feet of vert. 37% is on dirt or gravel roads. 33 is on double trail or single track. 18% four-wheel drive trails, and then only 12% of paved road and pathways. So what was your favorite type of trail I really like on? the single tracks. And actually, on the last day, there was about a five-mile downhill single track that absolutely amazing it was after a long climb um but you could just go and you had to pay a little attention to your feet but overall it was a lot of fun i did not didn't really like the dirt roads usually so usually the paved and the dirt roads were at either the beginning or the end of a stage or both and it was leading into camp leading out of camp so a lot of times it was you finish on a road, and then the next day you start on that same road to get out of wherever mm. you were. All right. I got a couple of questions for you, Karen. How did your body do with the difference in elevation? Because I'm sure they started mile high, basically, being in Colorado and huge mountains. And then I want to know if you made it out of the race unscathed. Like with all that trail, were there any falls, mishaps like that? Yeah, so... Overall, the elevation, I did a lot better than I expected. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. I would say that wasn't the case. So there was a lot of dry heaving at some of the higher elevations. Um, One person that was in the shuttle with me on the way home pretty much said that she told her coach that she's done with with races with elevation 
and her coach reminded her that it's not the elevation, it's the altitude. Um, so, <laughs> so she, I don't think, will be coming back in a future year. But overall, I would say that it definitely has an impact and you notice that it's much mm. harder to breathe. But I didn't have any of those negative side effects. And overall, my body held up better than I was expecting. So I've never done multiple 20 mile days in a row. And I walked away, I didn't have any serious falls. I walked away with two small blisters on my feet. And those really only developed on day six. So I sounds like you didn't try hard enough. (laughs) You know, it it wasn't so much about the race, Eric. It was about the run and enjoying the experience. <laughs> Good for you. Don't let him don't let him downplay that. I know I know how hard you work at everything. So I believe that you were putting in the effort and he's just being an ass. <laughs> definitely went party pace on day six. So there was a group of six oh, I don't that you. decided to do party pace day six. So we were having wine the night before. We decided we we're all gonna mm-hmm. stick together. And we went out day six. We did that. We stopped at 7-Eleven for a slushy about three minute, three miles from the end. We also <laughs> got a six pack of beer so that we had something for our finish so that we could crack our beers open in our finish line photos. And we really embraced party pace. Insert uh, like finish it. line photo there because I saw it and I'm like, this is like the best <laughs> picture. <laughs> so you'll have to put that in there somewhere. Oh, so good. Well, it's. Let's go through the stages and the days. But first, before the race started, we saw a very interesting video of people warming up for the race. Can you tell us about what was going on? And you missed out on this quality opportunity to warm mm-hmm. up differently than what you I typically now, would. I don't think that anyone from the Trans Rockies run was actually in this race, but I would love to know if anyone was. But they had a borough race in town, which is a race with donkeys uh it actually i found out after the fact is about a half marathon so it's a 13 mile people are running with a donkey some of them own the donkeys some of them rent them just for this race and it's part of the buena vista gold rush days celebrating the gold rush and some of the history in town so i got to catch the start of it and there were over 70 participants Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was Yeah, we were kind of speculating like what was going on and we're like is this the weirdest like shakeout run we've ever seen? But we we had no idea it was l- like a half marathon length. Like that's I can't imagine doing that with a with a donkey. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that long either until I heard some they announced when they expected the first finishers back and it was like an hour and a half later and that made me question, wait a second. This isn't just End of the road and back. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. Well, let's go into the race. You get there, Buena Vista. Were you traveling by yourself or did you have a friend? So I can't I remember. Traveled, I thought you were so going I traveled with by myself, but I was meeting a couple people that I had met at the Canyon de Chez Ultra last fall. They were my inspiration to sign up for this this year. Um, So one girl from New York City, she had a friend from New York that also came with her and then a guy from Park City, Utah. And so we all made the decision to do Trans Rockies, not running together, but meeting there. So traveled alone, had an Airbnb in Buena Vista the first night that I was there. 
actually staying just in a room at this lovely couple's house. So I had a nice bed. I had my own bathroom shower. And then after that is when I kind of transitioned to the camping vibe for the rest of the week. All right. Well, let's talk about day one, stage one. Okay. You're in Buena Vista, 20 miles in from the map. And at some points I might share the screen here, but it looks like this was just a a loop. It looks like you started and ended in the same spot. Yeah, Tell us about so day one. Day one, we did start and end at the same spot. Um, overall, it was kind of the day that I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, I would say that it was the day that I felt the worst overall, which really left me questioning how I was going to continue running 20 mile days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a beautiful course. It was through town or around town. So there were some hills. Most days I would say started with a lot more uphill and ended with downhill, which was a blessing. You knew that you were getting the biggest climb out of the way early, Um, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of the day to really acclimate to altitude and get your lungs and figure out pace and just start meeting people along the course along the way. Want to tell us about some of the people you met? Yeah. So it was interesting because the first three stages, so the entire race, the first three stages, you could do a three-day version or you could do a six-day version. So there were a lot more people on the course for those first three days. And in general, I would say that most of us kind of settled into pacing groups of, okay, these are kind of the people that are running about my pace. And Mm. sometimes it was people that I had met on a shuttle. So there were a couple guys, there was a father son combination that I had met on the shuttle ride to Buena Vista and they were running and I would run into them periodically throughout the stages. I never actually ran too much of the mileage with them, but day one, I would say that the person that I ran the most miles with was a woman named Megan and we just kind of ended up falling into a pace together and we would pretty much the entire race was walking up hills or even a lot of flats um, and then running the downhills. And we got into a really good pace. We were definitely both hurting by the end. So we were taking it Mm. fairly slow. Um, But that she's really the one that I remember from stage one and just the random conversations that you have with runners that are complete strangers is always so refreshing I feel like you can be more honest with the strangers, right? You can talk about anything. Exactly. You really can talk about anything. And, you know, it goes, it ranges from being on the runs or having on the runs, code browns, Mm. codes (laughs) that come up along the way. Um, So I feel like there was a lot of that talk along the way. Mm -hmm. Got any good stories for us? (laughs) Yeah. Like, when did you meet? Gand- Gandalf the Grey. Ooh, Tell me about yeah. that. Was that on day one? Gandalf was on day two. So day two is the day that we <laughs> had. I don't even. I don't know if it was the biggest climb, but we went to the highest elevation overall. So we were going over Hope Pass, which is. Um, Here's your picture yes. of Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> so, Epic! I love it. If you. I don't know if you noticed, I tagged Karen as Gandalf and I tagged Erica as the runner. Oh, you did? I did not 
I didn't even notice. I was not Gandalf. A lovely person named Steve had the Mm. best costumes and the best spots along the course. So every day on one of the climbs, he would be there in a costume. And they ranged from (laughs) Gandalf. um, There was Naughty Santa. There was Jesus. um, (laughs) Naughty Santa. So wait, you said he was a he was a runner or just like one of the staff? One of the volunteers. So he's actually oh the volunteers. He's actually okay. a race director for other races, but he volunteers at this every year and oh that's costumes cool. along. So I was gonna say I'm like that's a lot of extra costumes to have to bring for <laughs> like you you got a lot of gear as it is, but if you're if you're running and wearing costumes too, that's that adds up real fast. Oh yeah. Uh, so I see that. Eric has brought up my friend Ray here. Uh, so every stage, like I said, it was kind of a interesting, you meet someone that helps you along in that stage. At least that was my experience. And day two, for me, it was as we were going up Hope Pass, which is kind of the well-known epic pass within the Leadville 100 they have to go up it mm-hmm. twice. So they go up from one side and then it's an out and back course. So they have to go up the other side as well. Whereas we only had to go up one side and then we got to run down the other. But as we were going up, it's definitely one that you're getting up over 12,000 feet above sea level and you Ooh. feel it. <laughs> so as I was going up, I happened to hear this person talking to what they call Dawn Patrol, which is a group of people that want extra time going into a stage. So they start at 6.30 a.m. It gives them an extra two hours in most stages to be able to get Uh through it. Otherwise, there would be a nine-hour cutoff. So they get 11 hours to get through these stages, get to the cutoff points. And I heard this guy talking to a few of these Dawn Patrollers that, you know, they were going slow and steady, and some of them were struggling more than others. But he was so mm-hmm. positive and stopping, encouraging them, asking if they needed anything. And I was like, I need to, I need to talk to the, like, I have to figure out who this is. And it was Ray. So he caught up to me and then we were kind of going similar pace and up the mountain, unlike here in New Hampshire, it's a lot of switchbacks. So it's just back and forth, back and forth. And we were, we got into a really good rhythm of one of us would lead one switchback. We would rest for 20 seconds and then the other one would take the lead on the next switch back and we were just going back and forth and then eventually we made it up the mountain so it was awesome to have him there again super positive person and then I saw him periodically through the rest of the race but we really didn't run together beyond that climb up the mountain Mm -hmm. that's a great system though switching off between the switchbacks I know I hate some switchbacks. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those. I, I don't. It's just impossible to see where the top. I is. don't think this would have been your race. There were a lot of hills. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I'll, wor- I'll work up to <laughs> hills, it, dirt, trail. I will work up to not it. Not much someday. paved. Only like 13 percent paved. <laughs> if you do this in like four or five years, I'll join. Perfect. <laughs> so, so stage two was your shortest distance, but your most elevation yeah, gain. So it was. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of. You went into it thinking, okay, it's only 13 and a half miles. How bad can it be? And then it took me about four and a half hours, which might be the longest Mm. half marathon on record. Um, (laughs) So you look at it as a lesser day. And then once you get out there, you realize that 
it's still a long, long grind. Tell me about the camping situation, because from what I remember in the video and from what I know is you don't have to bring your own tent. Did you have to bring your own sleeping bag? Like, did you have to bring your own pillows? Did they provide everything? Every um, tent here looks identical. Do you just go pick a random empty tent when you get back? Or do you have your own that is identified with a number or your name on it? Like this one's Karen's and obviously everyone's going to avoid a tent that says Karen on it. But tell yeah, me about camping. So camping, they provide the tent. Everything else you provide, they did have some mattresses. So just big Agnes air mattresses available to rent. Uh, but I bought my own mm. sleeping pad and ultimately they provide the tent. They set them up. They put them all in rows. They actually have street signs for each of the Oh, that's cute. To try to help you get back to the right tent. Because, because mm -hmm. like you said, they all look the same. So when you get into camp, they give you a little piece of tape. You go, you tag your tent. A lot of people will decorate their tent either by hanging their towel on it. I know I had brought some lights to put on mine in case I was getting back after dark and I needed to find it. Because there have been, at least from what I read, there have been situations where people think that they're going to their tent and find someone else in their tent so uh -oh. parking your tent knowing where you're going is important liquid was it liquid Quite involved possibly. Uh -huh. yeah. i didn't hear of that happening in this the beauty of going live you, know, you think that it's quiet outside and then one of the squirrels Hey, when we had Sarah on, we heard the clock at six o'clock going ding, ding, ding. We heard the dogs, cars, sirens. I th even think a cat meowing and the cat was meowing, but she goes, it's blind. Was it blind or death? I can't remember. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't remember. It's the fun part about going live. So that's cool. All right. So camping was neat. Possibly someone random might show up in your tent and say hello. Uh, that, that unfortunately did not happen to you. But you had your um, own tent, right? You didn't have to share with people, yeah, did you? Yeah, so we didn't have to share. They did have doubles available. So there was a team option for this race. Ah. Both teammates still run the whole race. So it's one of those things that you could do it as a team. And even if you were doing it as a team, you still had the choice of either a double tent or each having your own individual tent. I know... For me, I really liked having my own tent there because it did allow me to take a nap in the afternoon, which I did somewhat frequently. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just, you could kind of spread out. I will say, I actually have my duffel here. I can show you how big it is. They give you a duffel bag that you can fill with anything you need for the week. And I was amazed how quickly it filled up. So here, I'll, I'll show you this duffel. All right. I'm going to stop sharing so everyone I can see. I was just going to say that. I'm like, I can't see. So, oh, oh, you can't. Huge. I could see everything. Karen can fit in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love it. Oh, she. <laughs> she's literally fitting in it. Now, can someone zip it up for it? Oh, oh, there's Tessa, Tessa, one of your dogs. Zip it up for me. <laughs> so. Look at that view outside, too. Um, wow. It's beautiful. Um, so the duffels are huge, but I still managed to absolutely fill my duffel bag up and it was very much, I had to stuff it shut to get it to zip every day. So that's funny. 
That's funny. All right, let's go to day three, stage three. So on, on day two, you did your shortest distance, your most gain. On day three, it looks like your longest day of 25 miles. Tell us about day three. <laughs> yeah, so day three. I did it again. I muted myself while moving the mic. At least you, you went now. from <laughs> Yeah, Leadville to Camp yes. Hale. So day three was intimidating just because of the distance. It was definitely something, especially after... Day two was a bit grueling. Going into day three, I think, was a mental battle of, okay, I've got 25 miles ahead of me, looking at it like a marathon, knowing that it's going to take longer than a typical marathon with the elevation associated with it. And it was definitely grueling. It was every seven miles they had an aid station. So generally, we always had three aid stations. There were a couple stages that only had two or that had very limited accessibility. So it was just like a water aid station. So day three, we did have three. So it was kind of, you just push through every seven miles and look at it, break it down that way. Um, Overall, I would say that the climbs were nothing crazy, but it was definitely, you were feeling it. It was the last day that the three-day runners were out on the course. So some of it was, you knew that they were finishing up. They might have been going a slightly different pace than what they had done before. Um, so I saw the guy that you were showing before, Ray. I saw him a couple times on the mm-hmm. course. And I actually made a six-day runner friend on day three, um, Lloyd, who we ended up running from first aid station to the second aid station. So about seven miles, we did it entirely together. We caught up. I went by him at that aid station. He was chatting with his girlfriend. And so I just kept going. And then we caught up to each other at the third aid station and ended up running the last four or so miles together in a fartlek style of, okay, let's run to that point. Let's just try to get this thing done. And so we started talking, we became quick friends. We actually did handstands into the finish line at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's very on brand for you. I was going to say. I need pictures and video um, of it. I, I haven't gotten a good quality video of it yet, but I'll try to get that for you guys. I actually sent that a text earlier today. Um, so we did handstands. And then the other thing with day three is there's a beer mile. So not only is it the longest day, but at 4.30, after you've finished the longest day, if you so choose, you can do a beer mile. I And did you? I chose a half a beer mile. <laughs> oh, come on, Karen. That's soft. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. And he's like, boo. You're better than that. I'm I'm not better than that. I was very happy with my half of your mile. <laughs> and I, so people get dressed up for this beer mile. It is such a fun event. Um, I ended up having a dinosaur costume. Again, I'll have to get you guys a picture. Uh, <laughs> this sounds so much fun. <laughs> it was a blast. And that was why I wanted to participate. But I also didn't want to be puking from... The beer that we had was Sierra Nevada, um, which if you know their beers, it's not your Bud Light. It's not your PBR. It's not really an ideal beer mile beer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> A little hoppier than usual. Yeah. Yep. IPAs, right? 
They usually do IPAs. Now, I will say Lloyd and his friends ended up bringing in PBRs for it, which I called as cheating. Um, So (laughs) they did it with their PBRs. I did my half a beer mile. I didn't finish last, though I was pretty damn close considering I only did a half a mile and everyone else did a full mile. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. At least you tried. So when you say you did half a beer mile, you did a a full beer, but an actual half mile, or did you do the mile and a half beer? (laughs) So I did a full beer every quarter mile for a half mile. So I did two beers. That's see, okay, that's even more impressive. Oh, you totally just redeemed yourself. Yes. Yeah, you totally just redeemed yourself. So a I thought you I thought you were gonna say I thought you said you drank half the beer. Well, I mean I did drink half the beer and I drank half the or and I ran half a mile because the typical beer mile is one beer per quarter mile. That's right. Every every okay. like lap of a track. Because exactly. I I remember we were following along with the beer mile championships in Chicago this year. <laughs> so <laughs> insane. But anyways, that's still super let's, cool. Like I'm it was a lot of fun. Let's let's go into day four. And it actually looks like from the stats, all right, it's only two miles more than day two, but you have 300 feet more of climbing. This day looks like a harder climb because it is actually more, you did 3,300 feet on day two and you're doing 3,600 feet this day. day Talk about day four. I would say day four, even though it was a little bit more of a climb, you were also more used to it at that point. So day two, part of what made it so challenging was it is probably the highest elevation that I've ever climbed to. And my lungs still weren't fully acclimated. I wasn't quite there with the altitude. Whereas on day four, I think that I had really settled in where my body had pretty much decided I was going to be an asshole every day and acclimated to it. And at that point, it's just kind of one foot in front of the other. And you get up the hills, you know that you're going to have a good downhill to recover. And you kind of get into that rhythm. Um, I'm trying to remember day four. Day four ends at Redcliffe. You went from Camp Hale to Redcliffe. Yeah, so day four ends at Redcliffe. So there are some river crossings near the end of the course. And it ended on, I think it was like a five-mile dirt road that absolutely destroyed me mentally. It was one of those where I was ready to be done. There were margaritas at the finish because there's the little Mexican restaurant. And everyone talks about it. World famous Mango's Mango's Bar and Grill. Grill, Exactly. I think. Okay. The only restaurant potentially in all of Redcliffe, but they had amazing margaritas. And by the time I hit that dirt road, I was ready for a margarita and it just continued to go. Um, so I did I did run a little bit of this stage with my friend Lloyd, and then he kind of pulled ahead. I, like I said, mentally that dirt road, I just, I walked a lot of it. There was a riverbed, so it was a lot of loose stones. And oh. yeah, so just watching the ankles and pushing through. A lot of the water stations look like Maybe they're on top of the mountain or, okay, I'm looking at one map. looks like it's on top of a ski mountain. So it's places that are easy for them to get the station to. So when you're like in the middle of nowhere on some mountain ridge line, there's no way to get water there, but it looks like maybe on road crossings or near a ski resort, 
where it was easy access. That's where the exactly. aid stations so were. So a lot of times they were able to get vans and supplies into the aid stations. On day two and day four, they did have minimal aid stations. So they had one that was just off of the top of Hope Pass. And that one, they actually had to use mules to get the water up. So it was truly a water only, carry everything you need. And then day four, they used ATVs to get water into one of the more remote aid stations. Ah. Um, But otherwise, all of the aid stations were fully loaded and the volunteers that worked at them were all absolutely amazing. They would wear various costumes. They would be dancing. They would be partying um, and everything that you could need. All right, let's go day five, 24 miles, 4,300 feet of climbing. It looks like from the map, you went across some ski mountains, some ski resorts, or maybe it was all just one. So you start at Redcliffe, you end at Vale. Vale is huge, but honestly, from the map, it looks like maybe that's two different ski mountains because they're on two different ridges, or I don't know what to call it. Tell me about day five. Looks like a hard day, actually. Day five was definitely a hard day. It was a lot of miles, um, especially coming off of what was really considered an active recovery day of the 14 and a half. Day five was you had to just get the mindset right for another long day on your feet. So it was another one Mm -hmm. about six, just over six hours. I'm not sure if it was multiple mountains. I know that we went through Vail. Um, So that's kind of the main one. I think that it was all Vail in terms of the ski mountain we were we went up the back side and then came down the front side ah. so it looks like there's a mountain here and this is obviously veil but veil is just absolutely massive so maybe they have multiple mountains they like, do have a, i don't know that's a whole nother mountain right there the front <laughs> and the back side um so they had actually warned us going into this one that there were likely going to be a lot more people because obviously people Tourism goes to Vail, and a lot of people use the mountain. There also, this was also the first day that we had storm threats. So we had the threat of thunderstorms in the afternoon. Oh. We were going to be at the top of a mountain. Uh, so every night before we would go to bed, the person that designed the course would give us an update, tell us kind of what we were looking at for the course. But then we also had the medical team give us a weather update and any warnings, things that they had noted from the day. Uh, and so the day before the Vail course, they gave us the update that there was a chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. So they had an earlier cutoff time to get to some of the aid stations just to try to beat the thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely beautiful when I was at the top of the mountain. It was one of those things that the views were amazing And I was about two miles from the finish when the storms rolled in. Uh, So still on mountain, going down the front side. And a lot of the trails had limited cover as you were doing switchbacks down the mountain. So at one point, two miles from camp, there was loud crack of thunder, saw lightning. And at that point, some people continued running. I, along with a guy that was behind me from North Carolina named Brian, We both decided to take cover because there were a couple mountain bikers that were out that were locals to the area Mm -hmm. and they were ducking into the woods. And I decided that, you know, if 
the locals are going and trying to get away from the lightning, I probably <laughs> should too. Um, so they make you carry emergency gear. So an emergency blanket, uh, shell, gloves, and a hat. I took out my shell mm-hmm. as we were crouching down in the woods. Uh, we were talking to these two mountain bikers and we really just hung out there. It was absolutely pouring. And we just hung out there until the mountain bikers were kind of like, yeah, we think that it's, we think that it's pretty much blown by, I guess we're going to go out. And I figured they're riding on metal bikes. They're more of a target than I am. So then we continue. Now their tires are rubber. They're yeah. safe. Just like your shoes. They're oh. rubber. You're safe. Keep You're telling good. yourself that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was probably about a 10 minute delay in my overall run. But then we were able to get out and it really actually made it so that my legs felt a lot better. And I was really able to just kind of coast into the finish at that point. Ended up down at camp, nice. did a quick shot of fireball and then went and grabbed a hot shower. <laughs> Man, you guys were doing it right. <laughs> Margaritas, fireball, <laughs> beer mile. <laughs> were you properly like lubing up every day? So you didn't have the shower effect after of the chafing. Were you like, you know, taking egg because you're doing 120 miles, a lot of vert, a lot of sweat, you know, weather, everything. How was like your body recovering yeah, every night? So I don't get too many chafing or blister issues. So I know again, she doesn't it, go exactly. hard enough. Um, <laughs> I will say I did switch over to wearing a wicking t-shirt instead of a tank top on about day three, I think, because the tank top and then my hydration vest, it was just rubbing in ways that I didn't necessarily want it to. And no matter what you put on, it's something that if you're not going to reapply at aid stations, that kind of thing, it's only going to help for so long. Uh, and they did uh-huh. at the aid stations have Vaseline and all sorts of options. They had sunscreen, anything you could need. Um, but I really didn't run into too many issues. A lot of people were definitely putting on... That one of the sponsors was Squirrel Nut Butter. So they were giving yes. samples. <laughs> they had a booth set up so that you could buy some stuff there. Um, but I've kind of figured out how to use clothing, the appropriate clothing to eliminate chafing. Okay. I'm still we'll on, have to share that on another episode. I'm still on the search for a sports bra that isn't going to chafe because I usually like no matter I could put body glide or whatever, but it's always that band in the back that just like the camelback will rub. And I have like permanent scars now just from chafing and I can't find a good one. Yeah. All right. Day six, your final day, a hundred, not a hundred, 22 miles. <laughs> so you're about to hit the hundred mile mark. Some elevation, you're going from Vale, which is uh, very wealthy people who go to Vale, to Beaver Creek, which I think is extremely wealthy people go to Beaver Creek. So you're just moving up there. You're moving up. <laughs> How was the final day? So the final day? day was good. I will say the day or the night before the final day, we went out in town because we were in Vale. So yeah, Smart. So we, went, we got a few bottles of wine, some pizza, and then we ended up at should know the name of it, but one of the local bars and other people did a shot ski. I did not. I got to take a video of the shot ski because luckily there were only four, four people involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't get to back to camp until probably about 
12.30 or 1 a.m. that night. Oh. But that was also when we made our pact to stay as a team for day six. So the Party pay. Exactly. So there were six of us and we, five of us went out the night before and we all decided, you know, let's have fun on day six. Let's stay together. And so that's what we did. So woke up in the morning, um, getting ready. It's only 22 miles, but... But it's 5,300 feet of elevation. Is that your biggest day climbing? That is, wow. That's 2,000 more than- I love how you also said day. only 22 miles. Only 22 miles. That's still, that's still a lot. Yeah, after 24, <laughs> the day before. 63 kilometers oh, yeah. for our European 36. listeners. 36. 36, I mean. <laughs> I mixed that up. Um, so day six was- I thought a really fun day and a lot of it was the fact that we did stay together. We had a really good team. It, the climb was pretty gradual um, in terms of kind of those, that first bit of climb, you were just climbing, climbing, climbing for a while, but it also Mm -hmm. had that five mile downhill. So the five mile downhill, when we got to the top of that and the people that I was running with. So one of them was Lloyd. He's done this four times. His friend Andrew also has done it four times. And then a girl, Talia, this was her first time. She was on a team with another girl, Joelle. And then another guy, Nick, who had volunteered once before, but this was his first time actually running it. So with the experience of the people who had done it four times, it helped because you kind of knew what to expect. When we got to the single track downhill. Andrew was actually the one that we were taking a party pace, but he was like, guys, I really want to run this because it's my favorite part of the course. So he and Talia kind of ran ahead. And then it was me and Lloyd were pretty much right behind them. And it was just a blast going down this thing. And a lot of people you could tell don't have the experience on single tracks or don't have the confidence going downhill on them. Lloyd actually did a somersault or a headstand into a somersault at one point along the way. He was seriously <laughs> hurt, luckily. Um, <laughs> but it was very much grass covered. So you didn't know where there might be rocks, roots, stuff like that. So you kind of had to go with confidence and hope for the best. Uh, but then day six, I would say that the challenge was right before the end, there was another pretty steady uphill. And that was as we came into Beaver Creek. But before that, talking about the wealthy, the wealthy people of Beaver Creek, we almost got to witness a road rage fight. So we were on one of the paved parts. (laughs) (laughs) And someone in an Audi, and I don't remember what the other car was, but They both wanted to go to the same place. And sure enough, there were horns. Someone got out of their car. We were talking, laughing afterwards and saying we should have started shouting, fight, fight, fight. Luckily, we didn't. And they continued on. Um, So that was the only incidence where it was like, oh, yeah, rich people that have nothing better to do. But we continued on. And then as we were coming up to kind of that final climb, that's where right before that, there's the 7-Eleven. Again, the benefit of doing this with people who have done it before, they know where the 7-Eleven is. They've stopped for slushies before. So we make a little pit stop, get some slushies. Because we had taken on the team name of Six Pack, we needed a six pack of beer as well. 
So we grabbed that while we were in there and then we continued on for the last three miles or so. I also learned what baby bird shots are. Um, What's a baby bird shot? You don't TikTok enough. Um, I don't TikTok TikTok at all. So (laughs) one person takes a shot but doesn't swallow it and then spits it in. Oh! Yeah. Yep. So I I learned what baby bird shots are. Did you do this? I had to be part of the group, so that's my initiation. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video somewhere. I don't know where. So you, t- you so so you take the shot, and then, and then the then other you... person is like into uh, someone yes. else's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so now you know. <laughs> Never heard of that. You know, I was just going to say, too, like, it's showing our age that we grew up in the 90s because you were like, every, we almost started to yell, fight, fight, <laughs> fight. And nobody does that anymore because you know what people do now? You know what they do? They don't phones. yell. They just go. They put the phone up. That's what they do. <laughs> and they, they, they might say live stream fighting or whatever, but that's what they don't. They don't yell fight anymore. They we just didn't rip out phone. our phones. Um, but but yeah, so those were the things that I learned. No, but you took like. Baby bird shot. That was aid station three. So we had about three miles left or two miles left at that point. Um, and it was a lot of climb. So, yeah, you know, fireball. <laughs> There's lots of fireball. look like Look like a great. Tell me about stage seven. And do you know what stage seven I was? I do because you put it in your notes. Um, stage, seven. stage seven is the party where you celebrate your yes. accomplishment of, with this legendary party. Tell me about the party. Was I mean, it legendary? We started the party at the finish. Well, maybe with the baby bird shots, but we started the <laughs> line. so we had our six pack. We pulled them out before we were coming up to the finish line. So we shook them a little bit and that was really the start of the party. And then we actually hung out as everyone else finished. So, <laughs> oh yeah. We, we made a pyramid. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we were hanging out as, is this the group you talked about that you did the baby bird shots with and you ran with it for is. that final day? So this was the six yeah. pack. Yeah. So let's start with the bottom on the left in the blue shirt. So he Who's is Nick. He? And then we've got Andrew. And then we've got Lloyd. And then we've got me There's and you. Talia. And then Joelle is on top there. Nice. Who did you do a baby bird shot Lloyd. with? <laughs> Lloyd is in the middle or the left? Right. Oh, right. he's. Oh, okay. So you, you did you did he give you did he take the shot and then gave yes. you the shot or did you <laughs> yeah, take the he, shot? He gave yes. The shot. Okay. Funny. <laughs> you get any of the handle? Did any of it get in his handlebars and like drip and dribble on no, you after? No, but I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> that is some TMI. I don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> this is so. I've never heard of that TikTok trend before. So you you only received the baby bird shot. You did not give a baby bird shot. Okay, so that next time we hang out at at reach the beach, you're gonna have to give someone. You're gonna have to give Erica a baby bird shot. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that, man. Uh, oh come on! It's when for she content. comes to Trans Rockies, and she can get her initiation then. No, this That's is going to be, fair. it's going to be part of, hey, we've talked about the beer mile and we got to do a beer mile. No, we just changed it. It's going to be the baby bird shot mile. <laughs> Dude. And that's going to be like our sandbagger. We talked about the sandbagger. Oh, God. 
it's gonna be awesome. It'll be like you chug a beer, then you got to give a little to your partner, like a tag and go. Oh, oh it's gonna God. be great. I hate that. I hate. <laughs> this is your thing. How far you hate it, but at the same time, you know it's gonna happen. Now it just has to happen. Uh, this picture looks like a fun uh, time too. That was a picture I was thinking of—the one where you're all drinking and celebrating. So that's yeah, that looks like so much fun. Yeah. So this one. It looked like a great. Looked like a great it time. It really was. It so these were the people that I knew coming in from Canyon de Shags. So one of those is Annette, right? Yeah. So Annette, you met at the Gunstock 50k. She on yes. the far right. And then her friend Jill is also from New York City. And then Danny came from Park City. So Danny and Annette both did Canyon de Shay. And that's how we met. There they are again. I knew they were in this photo. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome, Karen. This is a great job staying within our 30 to 35 minutes we Just talked like about. Sarah. <laughs> so, Karen, what was your favorite stage out of all six of them? Well, I guess you could even say seven, but I, let's go just running stages. So Hope Pass was amazing. And I think that it's kind of the in the ultra world. Everyone knows Hope Pass because of its association with the Leadville 100. So that was a really cool stage. Beautiful views. But Really, from the team aspect and just the fun that we had along the course, I would have to say stage six was the most fun of all of them, just because, you know, you're with your friends, you're having fun. Mm -hmm. So Love it. Congratulations. And what's I'm next? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. You know who what's else next is proud for Karen? of you, by the way? The beach or something else? Alfredo's proud of you. Oh, Alfredo. He, he's been inflated since we were at your house. So. so speaking of what's next, that is what's next is our Ultra Reach the Beach team. Uh, so that will be in mid-September. And then I've got Hamster Wheel with Erica. In yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's so fun to have That's like awesome. long distance ultra friends now. Like usually it was just me and it gets sad doing it all by myself. So now I've got you, Rachel's doing some long shit with me. Like it makes me very happy that I'm bringing you guys to the dark side. Well, you probably came in on your own, but like I'm slowly bringing more people in. It's making me, making me very happy. I will say trans Rockies, I think helped push me over to the dark side because it's definitely something that prior to this, I would be like, yeah, you know, 50 K I don't really need to go anything over that now i'm like well if i can do 120 miles over six days why not do a 50 mile or a 100 mile we'll see what happens at hamster wheel and if i can get to that 100 miles but it definitely the more you're around crazy ultra runners the more crazy ultras you want to do yay you know erica <laughs> i think you're screwed because you were talking about maybe karen can help crew you or anchor Trans down i think year. you're screwed well next time no she's no no free, then. no what no I think she's going to run an anchor down. She's going to like do hamster wheel and qualify oh. and run an anchor down. She's, well, she's, she's welcome to, gonna but it's it always the same weekend as Trans Rockies. Yeah. So if she goes back. Oh, well, are you going to, are you thinking Trans Rockies next year? Trans Rockies next year. All right. <laughs> going I'll back to Trans here, Rockies. That's pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah. One of these days I'll one keep day. practicing some, some mountains. Well, I'll do some mountains and, <laughs> and get up there. You can always. You go do mountains. Volunteer. And that is true too. experience. And I know that you're the type though, that if you're out there, you're going to want to run. Probably. Well, Karen, I, get FOMO so I, I, I have a great idea, Karen. This can help you for some altitude training. 
You can go out to Colorado a few months early around Memorial Day, possibly with Erica and myself and run in the Boulder Boulder 10K. I'm in. We're talking about it. I think we're going to do it. We're like, we're going to fly there on a Sunday, race on Memorial Day Monday and fly back on Tuesday. But we're like, we could actually do that. And that will help you with some altitude training. You stay an extra day or you go climb a mountain or something. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm in. All right. I love it. All right. This is happening. This is going to be an OTR trip. It's happening. Boulder, Boulder, Memorial Day 2024. And it, we can just write it off, right, Erica? We'll, we'll write it off. Sure. Why is not? it actually on Memorial Day? Okay. Yes. So I'm still in, but I might have to also find a gym out there to drop in and do Murph the same day because Memorial Talk Day. Talk about is epic training for you Altitude, Murph, Boulder, Boulder. I'm also going to try to convince you to do Murph with me since you do have a CrossFit background and I don't want to do it alone. So tell me what a Murph is. <laughs> a Murph is. A CrossFit workout, it's historically done on Memorial Day. It is a mile run, followed by 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then another mile run, generally done with a weight vest. I could do like okay. 50% of that. I'll do it without, and it's the, I'll do it without the weight vest. Okay. Deal. So we find a gym. We find a gym to do it at 6 a.m. because 6 a.m. is really uh, 9 a.m. for us. And then we go straight from there and do the boulder-boulder. So what did All you right. say? It's so it's run, pull ups. What was that middle Push one? Push ups. Push ups. I So what you do, Eric, is you break it down. 200. You can break it oh, down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You can go so I did it's it's what? Push ups, pull ups, push ups, squats, right? So you can do five, ten, fifteen. That's what I did. And I just did like ten rounds of five, ten, fifteen, and then I ran another mile. It did it like oh. forty four minutes. I've done it twice. I it was so long ago. It was before kids. I was it's when I had abs, not abs. I had a flat belly. <laughs> Ask Jay. Jay can Jay can confirm this. I believe you, and I know that you beat him. <laughs> I've and seen Karen you in a tight once upon a time. So. I did. I beat him in Karen. <laughs> All right. I think we lost Erica. She's frozen. Oh, She's no. just like right now. But anyways, Karen, this was fun. Erica and I actually have another interview to do in 25 minutes. So she needs to get her Wi-Fi figured out here. (laughs) And um, we're going to have that. So with someone from Colorado who's probably done this race before, similar, she's done Leadville. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Well, I think I'm still here, but I love you. (laughs) Karen, thank you for joining us on OTR Live. I don't know if you can hear me. I love you. All right. We'll talk to you around Reach the Beach. All right. Everybody, Karen Clark on OTR Live. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the pod. Don't forget, follow if you if you're new, 
follow us on Instagram. Check us out at On The Runs. In there, you'll find our link in our bio, and that will bring you everywhere. It'll bring you to our TikTok that we only use sometimes, our Facebook that we never use, our email that you can uh, email me if you want. Some of you do that not often. I don't always check it. Slide into my DMs on Instagram if you want to chat and get a quick response. And then our YouTube channel that is growing. And Riverside just made this new awesome feature that is going to allow me to edit the podcast episodes, the entire episodes, much easier than what it was before. So I'm thinking the beginning of 2024, we're soon going to do like every other week drops of some awesome episodes like Ryan Van Duzer, like Ashley Paulson, Erica, Nate, drop one, drop one. Who? Uh, I don't want to give it away. Neil Murphy. We might do. Uh, well, Neil is coming back. He oh, I forgot. We never, we never did it with him. Well, we just place. scheduled him. Neil is coming back. So maybe going forward, like we will almost do everyone, every episode going forward, eventually, maybe in 2024. Maybe that's the goal as we continue to grow and involve and just do more. So 